0: welcome back to the show my friend hey nate it's been uh it's been over two years i was just looking march of 21 damn man when the world was upside down we just had a, a new president get into office a couple months prior uh and as you remember everything was crazy at that time it's hard to believe it's been almost two and a half years
1: well i'll tell you what man like the thing that's been wild is that's actually kind of that's if I had to say that month is probably the month everything changed for me, because in the last, since that, since that time period, we've been doing a lot more subjects that I think matter to me. And it's interesting because I I lost like 50% of my audience at that point in time, which I, by, by doing that, but let me tell you, I've I'm enjoying what I'm doing a lot more. And it's actually set up
0: for set me up for way more growth than I've ever seen before too. It's interesting that you say that. So you actually lost a bunch of people because they didn't like your political stance essentially is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I got very political, very cultural. And but to me, like, those are the things that actually matter if we're going to survive and thrive in
0: the world, you know? And you said, screw it. I'm going to start focusing on stuff that I'm passionate and really care about. And uh, and all of a sudden, these people that were going, hey, I like this guy's interview style. Now he's talking politics. Yeah, I I can't do it. He's driving me crazy. It's amazing, (laughs) though, that you were willing to stick through it because that had to be tough. I know this is a big part of your brand and your business is command your brand and the podcast and create your life. And I, how long did you have? I mean, there had to be some tough days and weeks where you had to look at your wife and go, I'm not sure that this can, can, we really get through this? Are we doing the right thing?
1: Yeah. Cause here's the, here's the wild thing is I started getting like mean messages from guests, which was kind of funny. Like I had one guest be like, I wouldn't have been on your podcast. had you been, had I known you were a white supremacist? And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I didn't even know who you are until somebody else told me I should interview you. So, like, come on, lady, you're not that relevant. Like, it's like, it got really weird for a little bit there. And, like, what I was looking at is I'm like, all right, so, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I feel like the world we're changing, the world we're in is changing so dramatically. We're at a point in our history where if you're not taking responsibility and saying something for what you see is wrong, Then why are you doing it, man? Like, is is interviewing another best-selling author another life coach really going to matter? Like, what are you doing to actually change what's happening? Because we are going through a major cultural revolution right now. And if you don't do something about it, you know, we're going to end up just like China. What were
0: you saying that were causing people to freak out and call you a white supremacist?
1: I actually just had Mike Lindell on the show. So I don't even think the person even listened to the episode. They just like saw that I had Mike Lindell on and they're like. (gasps) The evil pillow guy. How dare you that she didn't even listen to the episode. She had just seen that I had him on and that made her call me a
0: white supremacist. I'm like, the guy sells pillows. What do you want from me? What is the issue with him? I've seen people think that he's a a terrible person. What's his what's the whole deal? So he's gotten really deep
1: into like the whole election fraud side of things. So he's looking at like, you know, and you know, what are the machines doing? What's happening here? What's happening there? He's actually gotten sued by uh, Dominion voting systems and stuff like that. Mm. Um, But. He's been, you know, three years later, he's still talking about it. I just heard him on um, the Culture War podcast uh, two weeks ago, and he's still going strong. that He thinks there's something wrong with voting machines. So because of that, you know, people gave him a lot of flack. Like, hey, they're like, hey, just go keep making your pillows instead of like talking about it. But I think at the same time. If you see something wrong, you don't do something about it, in my opinion, you're not going to have a business, right? Because
0: the things are going to change so dramatically. So. You obviously committed to the cause. This is an interesting topic that we just got started with. Because, again, you had to have those. You kind of pulled a 180 on your audience. I did. You knew that your mission was greater than just the interviews, uh, self-help or personal growth or whatever. And you said, I really want to make a change. I want to talk more conservative values. I want to interview people that are more in this space. I want to talk about things that are impacting us on the daily and with that at the risk comes losing half an audience um how did you stick through it on those nights those those dark nights where it was getting quiet for me i
1: guess it was just kind of looking at you know who am i and 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 what am i going to be and what am i going to tell my kids you know what i mean like because if you look at it and like let's say the american revolution right i'm sure there were people that that bought into that whole thing that they did it because they 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 knew it was right and down down the road they're vindicated because they said okay I did the right thing then. Well, let's say, you know, this doesn't go the way that, you know, like for for the most part we've had a pretty good last 100 years, man. Um and but let's say that doesn't continue and then I didn't do what I thought was right in that time period. Well, you know what? I have myself to blame and you know your kids are going to be like dad, you gave in. You know what I mean? So I think to me it was what can I do that I know is right and hold, hold to my own personal integrity because the company's done well, right? It's it's always done well, but surprisingly, and actually doubling down and talking about what I want to talk about, we've grown more. So that, that's that been really
0: validating as well because we've actually attracted people that agree with our values. So you had to think about your family. You, you, mm-hmm. the, those days where you were wavering at times I mean, you were natural. It's human instinct to say, is this the right decision? Yes. And you had to think about your kids first and foremost and the legacy and the future. and yeah. that kept, And that kept you going. And then how long, Jeremy, until you start seeing the traction and start picking back up? It took a
1: good six months plus for us to even start to see movement again. Like it was, you know, it's I was looking at like my Twitter account and I was looking at my my podcast listens and just every month we were down for a good six months. And it was crazy because before that, I'd been up big every single month for, you know, five years at that point. So it took a good six months for us to start to see things change. And then we really started focusing more on a video show, which means we were doing more on Rumble and we were doing more on YouTube and stuff like that. So at the same time, also finding the right place for my message was a big was big as well, um, because the audio only podcast like it's been it's been good, but it's actually been better moving the podcast to more kind of new media type sources of, of you know, Rumble and YouTube and Odyssey and things like that.
0: And you're seeing a huge uptick now with the YouTube presence. As you mentioned YouTube, before, we got on. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think the thing that's interesting as well, because I have friends that'll say, you know, YouTube canceled me and blah, blah, blah. And they wear it like a badge of honor. And I think like you don't necessarily have to agree with the platform, but at the same time, it's the best way to grow right now, in my opinion. So you do what the rules are there, and then you can go do your stuff that you want to do on another platform, right? Like the episodes, like I have episodes where we cover a lot of pandemic stuff, but those are only on Rumble. We don't talk about those on YouTube because I know that those are their rules. I don't like them. I don't agree with them. But at the same time, to like cut off my ability to grow just to be right doesn't make sense to me. So we've I've just kind of played within the rules over there. And then anything else that I think is a little too risky, we've we've put on other platforms. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. As hard as it is, you want to put that it, It's hard, to, man. It is is kind gotta of put that ego to the side sometimes and just say, all right, we'll have a different we'll have a different strategy with each platform. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you have so, to. Because at the same time like the best the best way to grow right now the big second biggest search engine in the world is YouTube. So if you're not doing something over there you're hurting yourself. So who are you pissing off? Who who, who are you who are you getting who are you ruffling feathers with uh, today? I'd I'd like to know. I frankly I'd like to know because I I'm in this weird position Nate where Republicans don't like me and Democrats don't like me. I'm kind of like politically homeless. I'm like a you're guy like RF- the- you're like RFK. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm really- like a guy living on the street in Santa Monica. They, I, I am homeless. <laughs> you, know, you know you know, what I mean? And it's, so it's like, because I'm not, I, I'm fiscally conservative. I'm socially pretty liberal. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't care what you're doing as long as it's not in my house. But I care where money's getting spent. I care how it's getting man- uh, managed. I care what kind of laws are passing. I, I care if the government is, you know, really honoring the 10th Amendment where it's their state's rights over federal rights. So to me, I it's it's been kind of strange because I get it from both sides. But the thing that's interesting is the more I've talked about it, the more I've attracted people that are just like me. And I found out that there's a lot of us out there, man.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I'm, a, I'm in the same exact boat that you are. Uh, same mindset. Sounds like we're pretty much aligned in that in the political space. But what did you say? You said before we got on, you said people are what what platform are you getting attacked on most these days?
1: So I've had a couple of videos go like really super viral on YouTube. Um, like our interview with Roger Stone is at uh, like 250,000 views. And I just had an episode I had out today with um, uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor, where we talked about what's going on in Ukraine right now. And that's that's closing in 100,000 on a, like a day two release. So it's getting a lot of views. So we actually had, um, I don't know who it was, but we had an unhappy YouTube viewer um, to have a cyber attack on both my websites, taking down my personal brand website and my company website. And my developers were... Working on it for many, many hours to get it back up. And it's it's been kind of interesting in the last week or so as I've been getting a lot of uh, you know, negative attention there.
0: Hence the reason when I went to commandyourbrand.com, I couldn't get anything. Exactly. An hour, it's an hour ago. <laughs> an hour ago. It's back up again yeah. though. They, but they're trying to the the thing they've been trying to figure
1: out is um whoever did this uploaded malware on the server and they keep finding it and removing it, but whatever it is keeps hiding itself in different places. So I'm I'm hoping that the last uh change we made finally fixed it
0: what's your uh goal with all this stuff jeremy i mean you're in the media space you are independent you've been doing this for you're going on nine years on the podcast uh you're out there on all these different platforms i mean what are you ultimately looking to achieve
1: i want to make the world a better place man i want to make a world a better place for my kids i know that sounds crazy and strange and and um idealistic but at the same time like uh i i got a two-year-old and a four-year-old and 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 the world i'm i'm putting out there for them really matters and it's like i want them to have the ability to have a lot of the things i was given to me and i think we're we're slowly losing those things so that's what it's all about is actually creating a better world for um you know my kids honestly yeah.
0: and that's your cause I, I, I that's clear but what about from a personal uh, professional standpoint i mean are you when you have a vision for this thing do you look to one day be signed with a uh, uh, fox news do you look to be no. signed with a, a patrick Bet david uh, no. value take what, what, what do you see?
1: I hope people like that are signing with me one day, man. That's the goal is I want to build like I'm, I'm I'm trying to now with this and as fast as it's growing to build a media company. And, you know, we can be a source that wants to put out things in the way I want to put things out. And I try to discuss, you know, difficult subjects, but in a very level headed way. And I just don't think there's a lot of other sources that do that. So to me, I'm right now um, building a media company that's going to do just that. And what's the name of that? Is that the
0: command your brand?
1: Well, that's so Commander Brand is our is kind of our our PR and, and marketing side of things. But right now it's been under the the Jeremy Ryan slate, you know, create your own life banner. Mm. Some point in time we're going to figure out what to do with that because it is going to change. Um, but for the moment, that's what we're doing it under.
0: Looking at the political landscape, like I mentioned last time you were here, we just had uh, a sleepy Joe go into office literally uh, a couple months before. Um and here we are. All these gaffes later, all these embarrassments later. And we're going into a, a 2024 election that looks like it's kind of the wild, wild west. Give us your prediction. Where, where Who do you who's going to be the Democrat nominee? Who's going to be the Republican nominee? And does RFK fit into any of that?
1: OK, I'm going to get a little crazy on you. Um, I think the idea here is why they're coming on all these Trump indictments um, is I think the reason that they're indicting him so many times is and and Jack Smith has actually said that he wants to have the the Trump indictment on January 6th that just came out done pretty quickly. So I think the goal is to figure out how to use the Espionage Act or or something like that to keep him off the ballot. And I think that's why Ron DeSantis is, even though he's so far behind, is kind of like still running because all he's got to do is outlast Trump being you know, arrested or the heck they're going to do with him at that point in time. So. And on the Democrat side, I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to do this, but I think their candidates, Gavin Newsom, he's kind of like a Batman villain, Mm -hmm. and I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to do it. But I don't know if you even saw this today that Sean Hannity was talking about um Gavin Newsom has accepted Ron DeSantis's invite to debate him on the Sean Hannity show. I'm mm. like, well, that's interesting. Why are, why is a guy that's not running for president and the very far behind second place candidate going to debate each other? That shouldn't actually matter. So I think that's your actual who you're going to see in in 2024. You know, fighting each other. I don't know how we're going to get there other than the Trump indictments. I think that's how they're trying to take him out. They're basically going to use. Um, laws that were passed after the Civil War to say, OK, well, you know, he um, attacked the country or whatever, maybe so he can't run. So your prediction is that Trump will not even have a ch- he's going to have to drop out of the race in some way. Well, I don't think he's going to drop out of the race. I think what their goal is to keep him off the ballot, because if he, he wants to, he can even run from prison. But if he's not on the ballot, nobody can vote for him unless they're
0: writing him in. Right. So they're not uh, they're not going to allow him to run is what you're saying. They're not going to yes. allow his name to be you. That's your prediction that that's exactly. And you, I, think could,
1: that- I could I could very well be wrong, Nate. But like in my mind, I think that's their goal. That's I think that's definitely their goal. OK, but is that in, in your mind, is that what's going to happen? I think so. I the, the They're saying if, if you put up all these. so right now we have how many indictments? We have the Mar-a-Lago indictment, which they actually just added additional charges to. So that's one federal indictment. Second federal indictment is the January 6th indictment where they're saying, hey, he basically motivated this whole thing. We have the state indictment in the state of New York, which is um, uh, the one that came out first. Um, We have another indictment that's going to come out in Fulton County, Georgia. They're actually already getting ready to announce it. And the sheriff yesterday actually in an interview said that they're actually going to perp walk Trump at this one. So they're going to have four indictments. They're going to keep him so tied up that he can't even campaign anymore. So and I think that's how they do it. If you the, if you add up all the years, it's like 650 years in prison this guy could get if they get him on everything.
0: And then how do they get Biden to step down? That's going to be a tricky thing. But besides just threatening him and saying, hey, we, we've allowed you to skate by all this corruption. And if you don't step down, we're going to have to do something. I think he's, I think he steps
1: down before the election for health. Because he's he's not doing well. We can see it. Yeah. And at the same time, um, I don't know if you saw that. Uh did you see the the Tucker interview with uh Devin Archer by any chance that was that Hunter Biden's business partner? So Hunter Biden's business partner now came out and did an interview yesterday, basically throwing Hunter and Joe under the bus. And he actually has official letters on White House letterhead from Joe saying, Hey, thanks for running a business with my son. And um, so a mm-hmm. lot of this stuff is gonna, I think, come to a head because even Congress is looking into it now, where he's just gonna say, Oh. I'm old, whatever. But I think the party doesn't really like Harris because she's not really that likable. So somehow they're going to get Newsome in there. That's my opinion.
0: What, what's causing your video, jumping back to Stone and, and some of these other guys, what's causing these videos to get so, so many hits? Was Did Stone in, in your interview say something that, that's controversial or that's a hot button item that's really catching some traction there for you?
1: Well, that's act, so it's actually the only... 60 minute interview he's ever done on his JFK book. There's mm-hmm. no interview that's that long on the subject. So he's been promoting it all over the place. And then also, um, there's a formula behind how you optimize a YouTube video to get it found in search. So we've been really hammering on that too. So we've, we've been pretty lucky recently. I can't complain.
0: Who's the most, uh, who, who are some of the most famous people you've had on the show to
1: date? Oh, it depends. Like if, if you're looking at sports, like I've had uh, Nick Swisher on the show, I've had Johnny Damon on the show. Um, Had Shea Hillenbrand on the show. He's played for the Red Sox. Um, AJ Hawk. So if you're on the sports side of things, I got those. But if you look at the political side of things, I've had Patrick Byrne on the show. Mike Lindell. I've had um, who else have I had? Um, Wendy Rogers out from Arizona. I've had uh, James O'Keefe. I've had James Lindsay. So I've had a lot of people on the political side of show too that are like you know super well known as well too.
0: O'Keefe's gotten huge. Yeah. With all that stuff, and so has uh, I remember I actually texted you. I listened to that Lindsay interview. We had him on again too. It's a really he's a really interesting guy. I, that first one that you did a year or two ago, um, with the chips and the this and the China and all this, uh, that was that was one of the best interviews I've ever listened to, and, and also one of the scariest. Wow. Well, thank that, you, man. That was one of the scariest things that I've ever really listened to because it's so disturbing hmm. Recap. What, what did he say in that interview when he was talking about how we were going to have like basically social scores stamped on our foreheads? He's talking about the concept of digital
1: gulags. So gulags are like the prisons that people were thrown into in Soviet Russia when they like didn't agree with the party. So the world we're going into now with all these smart devices and things like that is. Basically, the they're gonna have a social credit score for how agreeable you are. And they can, what they can do is just lock you out of digital services. And since so many things are digital, like, you know, maybe you can't use a bank. You know, we've seen that happen to people like Mike Flynn, um, or maybe they can't buy certain services. Maybe you can't use Uber, like whatever it is, you're gonna get kicked off a lot of these services. So you exist and you're a person, but you're essentially not a person, right? Because you're in this digital gulag. You can't really do anything. And this has started kind of from a corporate level right now with, with uh, what are called ESG scores or environmental social governance scores. So what they're doing is scoring businesses versus on like, you know, how much of an investment risk are they because c- they're kind of in line with the, you know, the World Economic Forum goals and individualize this hasn't really happened yet, but you're seeing it happen for major companies. And that's what James was talking about is if they start individualizing more of this social credit score type system like they already have in China. China, if you don't have a right social credit score and you scan your QR code, you try to get on a bus, it doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. that could be the same type of thing we're gonna experience here if we don't, you know, do something about it.
0: That's so disturbing. <laughs> that's
1: <laughs> it is, it's... man, because it, it's it's so like it, it it could happen. You know, you could see it happening. What's your take on uh bouncing around? What's your take on Carrie Lake? Did you like her as a candidate? I think she was a great candidate, and I think uh, you know, I think it got taken from her. And to me, I think the thing that's strange. Is why is the secretary of state, which is, you know, now the governor running her own election? She should have to step down. That should be a conflict of interest. Like, it's just strange. And also, as well, you look at kind of down ballot, down ballot, a Republican secretary of state won, but the Democrats won every other position like that's strange. That doesn't happen.
0: I wonder what Mike Lindell would say.
1: I think Mike would say something about machines and voting machines, (laughs) and there would probably be more lawsuits for him, but he would probably say that.
0: Yes. I I ask, I, we're having an event at my parents' house on Monday. um, Oh, wow. And uh, they're pretty involved in the Republican Party stuff. Uh, We have a, we're doing an event for a guy named Bernie Marino. um, Who's actually running for, he's a businessman here from Cleveland. He's running for Senate Mm -hmm. out of Ohio next year's uh, election. J.D. Vance will be there. Oh, cool. And uh, Kerry Lake will be there. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. And I was, yeah.
1: Yeah. I like Kerry Lake a lot, man. I I like. I've heard people say like she'd be a great running mate for Trump, but I think the the issue is not yet. And I say that from the perspective of she doesn't actually have any governing experience yet. She is great on policy and she said a lot of the great things. But I want in order for her to actually get like a, a position like that, she does need to run something.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay, so you did say she'd be a great running mate for Trump. Speaking of running mates, then your prediction is it's a it's a very dark horse prediction you're going with <laughs> sorry <Gavin>. man <laughs> you're going with Gavin Newsom who I actually do agree with you in that one I, I agree it's going to be Newsom he's setting himself up he's going it's on strange. Hannity. he's been doing he, a speaking tour across the country it's weird it's super it's it's we know what he's doing um and uh he's even going on Hannity yeah and good you know what kudos to him for going on Hannity uh, from all reports everyone said he's he did a good job and, and really you know he looked good um so Give us your predictions then. It's going to be those two guys. Who are their running mates? I, that's that's tough.
1: I, I don't know who their running mates are because you have to look at it. They're very establishment. So you got to say, who does the establishment want in there? Because even if you look at Ron DeSantis, he was against the Ukraine war and then his donors talked to, to him and he's like, well, you know, Ukraine should have the right to fight. And they're like, wait, what, Ron? You just flipped. And so I think it, he's very much kind of the Paul Ryan establishment type character. So it's hard for me to say like, well, who are they going to want their VP to be? I, I I don't, who's kind of the establishment guy right now other than, other than those guys. Right. So I, I, I don't really have a prediction on that.
0: What about Vivek? Where do you see him fitting in? He's getting some momentum.
1: I like him a lot, man. And we've actually been, I've talked to his team quite a bit and we've been trying to get him on the show. I think he's a, he's, he's great. I'd love to see him as if, if, Somehow, by you know whatever it may be that if if uh you know Trump doesn't go to jail for six hundred years, I think he would
0: be a great VP for Trump. You know, I I well, really yeah. like Vivek. He would be the yin to the yang for sure. He would be he would bring a different audience than the Trump. You know, the the diehard Trumps. That's yeah. a diff. That's a particular group. Vivek would yeah, bring like something else.
1: Yeah, like I love Trump, but he's a freaking sledgehammer, man. And if yeah. you look at Vivek, Vivek is he's brilliant. He knows policy. He's smart. I've read both his books. And he also like he's big on um getting some kind of like creating some kind of a service organization for youth to actually make them have to contribute to this country. And I, I think that's really important. We have too many people that don't contribute demanding and voting. And it just it puts us in a weird position.
0: Can Ron DeSantis beat Gavin Newsom? Is the question. <laughs> Is depends Ron DeSantis on... marketable enough to beat Gavin? Gavin Newsom's a salesman, man. He's a, he's a Barack Obama uh, uh, kind of a clone in in that charismatic kind of way.
1: I I think if DeSantis gets the nomination, a lot of the Trump people aren't going to vote for him, but they're not going to vote for DeSantis either. So you're going to have a, a, a or not not going to vote for Newsom either. So you're going to have a really weird election. And it also depends on who counts the votes. You know, a lot of really weird stuff happened last time. And because there's been I don't know if you've heard about this. There's been talk about. Republicans are saying, well, we're going to ballot harvest too. It's like, okay, then does voting even matter anymore? Because then it's like, okay, who can get the most people to fill in a piece of paper rather than like who can get the most people actually give their vote?
0: Then it just becomes about counting. The way that they handled things in California, for me, uh, forget politics, it's hard for me to understand how anybody could find that kind of behavior rational. Regardless of what side of the aisle you are, to close down everything, to force almost force vaccines wherever they could, to shut down businesses, pull away people's livelihood, and then have the hypocrisy, the governor and his friends and family, to be out celebrating and partying at the French Laundry, wherever they were. French Laundry. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, you know, as a rational person, how can anyone get behind? a guy like Gavin Newsom I know you're shaking your head going it's great but it's yeah, crazy the, the because craze- be, because Go here's ahead. the problem it's just
1: about donors anymore it's about donors and 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 super delegates so like do you know that super delegates are like traditionally how our electoral college has worked is you know de- states have a certain amount of delegates right but they've created this super delegate system in the Democratic Party where these these uh delegates don't have to vote the way their voters vote anymore so all you have to do is like they can just say, oh, we like this guy anyway. And he wins. So it's like this really strange. The parties have way too much control in how people are selected and how candidates are created.
0: So the machinery is what picks them. So it's it's just strange, man. The vaccine thing is to me is such a bad it, it was so mismanaged and abused and and forced down people's throats. And people are finally I mean. I don't know if LeBron James son got a vaccine, but I'm going to bet you he did. Well,
1: there was a, a Browns player recently, wasn't there, that that can't play anymore because they said he has myocarditis, wasn't there? Maybe if there was, was a I, wide I, receiver. I... There was a wide receiver for the Browns, I thought that they said he has myocarditis and he can't play anymore.
0: Hmm. I you should, should know that now. since I'm in Cleveland, but uh um but you know, again, with all these people, with the, with the people, fam- yeah. Here it is, Marquise Goodwin for the Browns.
1: He's he's on the uh, the pup list because of the physically unable to perform list because of myocarditis.
0: And and again, we we don't know for sure, but I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to make the assumption that Marquise Goodwin got vaccinated and maybe even got boosted. Most likely, like. That this, you know, here's a weird thing in in
1: New Jersey. I'm here in New Jersey. Our yeah. lieutenant governor, um, so uh, our governor is on vacation right now, and he's like traveling Italy and doing whatever it is that rich people with terrible teeth do. Um, mm-hmm. and um, our uh, lieutenant governor was running the state. So two days ago, she died suddenly. We have no lieutenant governor anymore. Um, and you know, she was had all the right medical treatments too that people had back in 2021. So you know, you can make your own conclusions.
0: Well, people are dropping left and right. You saw the guy the Obama chef uh d- drowned in 8 foot water. Yeah. Um LeBron James son uh, ha- suffers cardiac arrest. We, we Jamie Dem-
1: Foxx just had a stroke, man. Jamie
0: Foxx, Jamie Foxx was was missing in action for a year. Looks terrible. He's lucky to be alive. Uh we know what happened with DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. You saw that interview. Who was interviewing him? Somebody was interviewing him and pressing him. I think it was a uh, was it Stephen A or one of those guys I thought or- it was uh Strahan, wasn't it? That, that Yes, that's exactly right. It was Strahan and he was and, and DeMar Hamlin wouldn't answer the question. It got very yeah. uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, well, it, you you see all of these these examples out there and still people don't want to talk about it. I, I, I It's baffling to me.
1: Well, and here's the thing to me, too, that I don't get either. Like, why is Trump still saying, like, you know, it was the greatest vaccine ever. We did it so fast. It was Project Warp Speed. We're all pro- like, why can't he say? Maya culpa, guys. Maybe I shouldn't have shoved this thing through. Like, I still don't get why he keeps kind of talking about how great it was. I I don't understand that.
0: I don't know if I've ever heard Donald Trump say that he made a mistake in something. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) I mean, and again, and again, I vote. I will vote for Trump. I voted for him twice and I'd vote for him a third time. But like, I don't like that thing. We're in the exact same boat. But I've never once heard him say something where he said, you know what? I could have handled that one a little differently or maybe I was just wrong. It's okay to be wrong. We're human beings. Yes. yes. Well, and I think people believe you more if you're willing to admit you're wrong. But that's the problem with politics is that so many of these guys they can't they can't admit when they were wrong because they feel like the moment they do that, the whole thing comes crashing down. Yes. What's your yes. take on uh, uh, the the old school media versus the new wave, the new age, the independent media, the Jeremy Ryan Slates of the world? I mean, where's this old school media going? Is it dead or is it is it on life support?
1: I think it's dying. I think it's dying. I don't know that it's dead yet, right? Because it still has control of what, you know, regular people think that still want to watch, you know, cable TV. They still they but, still
0: have a leg up on, on us independents, in my opinion. I don't
1: know. I don't know. They have a leg up because they have the money and they have the structure. Right. right? So yeah. it's been there. But if you look at it like, um, you know, Joe Rogan, I think if you take the it was if you take the nightly lineup of Fox, MSNBC, NBC and CNN and like combine them, he beats them all with one episode at like 30 million views. Okay. So like. But the, he's the unicorn.
0: He's currently the he's, unicorn. He's
1: absolutely the unicorn. But yeah. I think at the same time, like we're we're getting to the standpoint where people don't want to sit and watch what they're told to watch anymore. They want to go get their own information. So I think it is breaking down. And that's why I think you're seeing a lot of these legacy companies, you know, trying to get into the podcast world aren't doing so well. Like uh like NPR, you know, cut half of their podcasts that they were running because they were trying to run them like television shows. And it's just it's not the same, man. We do things on a bootstrap, we do things differently, we run advertising differently. So I think at the same time, legacy media has just struggled to understand how podcasting and new media works. And the user has changed, right? Like they watch Netflix, they watch Prime, they do what it is. They want to decide what they want to watch, when they want to watch it and where they want to get it from. And they don't want to be told where that is anymore. So that's why I legacy media is struggling, in my opinion.
0: Makes so much sense. Uh, what, what podcast do you listen to? Who are some of your favorites?
1: Uh, I listen to Timcast, literally, uh, Timcast IRL every single day. Um, I think they do a great job there with their roundtable presentations. Um, every Thursday and Sunday, I listen to The No Agenda Show with Adam Curry and John Dvorak. I've listened to that show since 2009. Um, Human Events Daily, Jack Posobic, I listen to that one quite a bit. I'm trying to think of what else I listen to. Uh, Judging Freedom and Judge Andrew Napolitano, I listen to quite a bit. And um, Talking Yanks. And, talking uh, Yanks, talking Yanks, Bronx pinstripes. I listen to a lot of my my baseball podcasts, but that that's what I'm listening to, man.
0: I just asked this to some a guy that was he's from Brooklyn or the other day he was on the show. I said, "Who's your favorite Yankee of all time?" So I'll ask you the same. Who's yours? Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera, the closer, the greatest closer of all time. Yes, in in or uh, nineteen
1: ninety five, I actually met Mariano Rivera when I was just a kid, and he gave me a baseball. It was super cool. So no, he just, I just I've, I've always I've always admired him.
0: Isn't that amazing when you're a kid and that happens? That's one of those things. You'll never forget it. Yes. You will never forget when it, 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 those guys, they don't seem like they're humans at that. Age. When you're a kid. Oh, my gosh. Like, and you
1: make up all this like lore around them with your friends and stuff like that? It's just it's magical to be a kid and, and watch athletes, man. Yeah,
0: You're playing them on, on uh, Major League Baseball on your video games. Yeah. then you go up to the and he's handing you a baseball. You can't believe it. It's, it's yeah. wild. It's wild. Uh, okay, so those are some of the podcasts. Where, where do you listen to podcasts? What app or where where do you consume most of those? You know, it's funny as I actually just listen to them on the native Apple Podcast app on my phone.
1: And a lot of people don't like it and whatever. I, like, I listen to Rogan, obviously, on Spotify. And it's, I don't listen to every episode. It's like, this one seems interesting to me or that one seems interesting to me, whatever it may be. Um, but I listen to the Apple Podcast app just because it's what I'm used to. I've always been used to it, but most people complain about it.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. That's where I get most of mine. Uh, is there somebody that you, that, you you mentioned uh, you're trying to get certain people on the show and you're talking like Vivek's team, for example. Is there somebody that uh, give us your short list of two or three names that you'd love to get on the show that you're working on that still haven't come on yet?
1: Well, I, I've never had luck with getting in Trump with in, tr- in in touch with the Trump media team. But, you know, it doesn't mean I'm going to stop trying. Um, I think he's got some really big worries right now, so I might be the, the least of them. Um, but I've been talking to uh, Vivek Ramaswamy's team. I've been talking to Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s team. Um, Tulsi Gabbard's team finally just came back around to me and they're looking to schedule something in the fall. So it's, you know, these are the conversations I want to have, right? I want to have conversations, not just with people that are on one side of the fence, but people that I feel like are level headed and, and can actually, you know, care about this country. Trump, RFK. the
0: gr- I come think on. that would be a great ticket, man. I'd vote for that ticket. The most disruptive thing in human uh, American political history yeah you know
1: and the other thing thing that that's great about that is I think like they essentially agree on this is a great country, let's do something about it, but they come at it from very different angles, and you know what's great about that the things that should happen won't
0: and most things won't happen, which is really good for politics. the less they do the better that's powerful. <laughs> most things that most things don't won't happen right you're playing prevent you're not you're not proactive it's it's defensive, but that's okay yes. that's okay. Yes. Uh, well, listen, man, this is fascinating stuff. Jeremy Ryan We talked about or or command your I think the website's back up and running. It is. We we got it fixed an hour ago. <laughs> That's hey, listen, man, this is, what, is this is what comes with the territory. When you start putting yourself out there too much, you're going to get those cyber attacks and those people that want to come at you. You're getting a little taste of it.
1: It's, it's kind of fun, though, because it, it in my opinion, it shows you, hey, at least I'm doing something, right?
0: Yeah, if you, it gives you some relevance and, and, you're, and you're making more of a, an impact and having a greater reach. Um, where else can people find you? I know you, we, we kind of talked about it. We'll talk, talk to us real briefly, too, about Command Your Brand and some of the other stuff you guys are doing. Yeah, so right now I've been
1: pushing really, really hard on Rumble and YouTube. So YouTube and Rumble are going to be the two best places to find me if they want to get a video show, which we've been putting a lot of work in on. Um, over at Commander Brand, we help our clients to get down their story, appear on the right podcasts. And we really want to embrace people that have uh, you know, a more of a libertarian and empowering message. And, you know, we embrace American values over here. So if that's you and you have a message you want to get out, you know, we're here to help you. CommanderBrand.com.
0: Awesome. And we've linked it in the show notes, guys. Anyone that wants to learn more, work with Jeremy, his team, great team of people that he's got over there. Uh, click the links, you can find them there uh fascinating stuff my friend we will have to watch this episode come uh, october november of 24 and-, and see how close your predictions came so we'll see man it. I-, I know i took a wild one but i guess we'll see what happens <laughs> hey man thanks so much appreciate connecting with you again absolutely